I'm Jordan, and this is Medieval. In this episode, we're talking about Vikings, the Scandinavian warriors, traders, and seafarers who pioneered across Europe and often terrorized it in the early Middle Ages. Decoding the lives and origins of the Norsemen is extremely difficult, and the puzzle is vastly incomplete. Even what the name Vikings mean is heavily debated without a conclusive answer. This is an introductory episode more than anything, and I do wish to return to this topic in massively greater detail sometime later. Thank you to Lusa for helping to research and condense such a vast volume of information into this episode. Vikings, or Northmen, Pagans, Foreigners, Rus. These and many names were given to the people who came to be the greatest nuisances to Europe after the barbaric invasion and the great crisis that ended the Roman Empire. They were so feared that the church even declared that the apocalypse was near, and the Vikings were in fact the soldiers of the Antichrist. Norsemen came from the Danish and Scandinavian peninsula as well as other northern regions, and they were fierce and efficient warriors well-equipped and well-trained. They specialized in the art of raiding. They were so incredibly adept to this tactic, and their name Vikings was probably derived from this. In fact, Vikings could be somewhat translated those who go on a raid. This term was used not only by Europeans, but also by the Vikings themselves to define the warrior class. These men went raiding over the seas during spring and summer, preying mostly on small villages, churches, and isolated monasteries before settling down with their wealth. The major problem the Norsemen faced was that there wasn't enough land, wealth, and natural resources where they originated. Scarcity of materials and food forced many young men of northern ancestry to spend their last savings in order to purchase boats, which they could use to travel in search of a fairer, more stable life. Unfortunately, it was easier said than done, and raiding was a necessary aspect to finding places to live. This is the context in which the Vikings gained their notorious and hated reputation. The first violent contact between Europe and the Vikings was the infamous raid against the rich abbey on the English island of Lisinfarne in 793 AD. We're producing an episode about it right now. It was a brutal attack that left a permanent mark on the English people. Alcuin, an English historian who lived to tell the tale, wrote, Never such a terror appeared in Britain. Behold, the church of St. Cuthbert splattered with the blood of the priests of God, despoiled of all its ornaments. So this is how some Vikings presented themselves to Europe, but from what hidden depths or mysterious lands did they emerge in the 8th century, seemingly wishing terror upon Europe? People lived in Scandinavia well before Christ and before the Romans ever existed. However, during the Roman era, we have some scarce accounts of these people. During the imperial period, Scandinavia was a remote place incredibly far away from the Roman rule. People living there were considered extremely barbaric, like some barbarian ancestors of the Germanic people. Roman scientists and scholars even went as far as labeling them as nothing more than a partially dressed animal. Julius Caesar, shortly before the imperial period, 
writes the description of the Northern Germanic tribes, who were likely relatives to the Danish and Scandinavian groups during this time. Their whole life is spent in hunting and in war. From childbirth, they were trained in labor and hardship. They are not devoted to agriculture, and the greater portion of their food consists of milk, cheese, and flesh. No one in their system of land tenure owns a particular piece of landship. It is almost certain that the words of Caesar was a hyperbole, an exaggeration he used to throw shade on his enemies. He repeatedly portrays them as barbaric, fierce, and as dangerous as possible in order to justify his annexation and genocide of the Germanic-occupied lands. Although it is crucial that we read this account with a fistful of salt, it does give us a clue about the Germanic and Northern groups. They were probably living in small tribes forced to migrate in large collective confederations every now and then due to climate. When climate severely hampered their agriculture, they had to depend instead on hunting and livestock herding. At the end of the Roman Empire during the 4th and 5th centuries as well as the 6th, we gain a slightly clearer picture of those people who were probably ancestors of the later Vikings. These Scandinavians, sometimes called spheres, were barely aware of the failing of Rome. They were also pagans who would remain largely untouched by Christianity until later dates. Not to mention they were completely unaware of Roman laws and constitutions. Sphere people of Scandinavia were still living in the tribal ways of their fathers. However, during this period we know that they built great cities like Uppsala and Sigtuna, and we have accounts of a developed religion with its center of the sacred groove of Uppsala. Additionally, we also know they conducted magnificent burials of Vendel, where nobles were put to their final rest, dressed in rich vestment and exquisite jewels. Sometimes they wore suits of armor of the finest quality and were armed with elegant weapons made of steel and gold. During this period, there were no kingdoms as such. Instead, the people were divided in clans and tribes, often warring against each other over land, resources, and even over mere disputes of honor. An insult could easily lead to a small-scale war between families and sometimes even an entire clan. Occasionally, an ambitious and powerful warlord would try to establish his own little kingdom or state. However, most of them fell just as fast as they rose. Even if the Norsemen were divided, we could still point out a few clans. They included the Spheres, who happened to be the greatest of them, the Geats, the Heruli, and the Wolfingas, as well as the Danes and Frisians, who were closer to the Roman Empire. We will discuss their importance in another episode. Not all of them were warriors, they were also skilled artisans and artists, masters of jewelry and goldsmithing. Their artifacts were of incredible mastery and elegance, involving mostly animal motives and geometric decorations. Archaeologists have dug these up in the graves of nobles, notably those of Vendel. But in the beginning of the 8th century, something was about to change. The greatest clans began to unify, and more people joined under their rule, mostly by force of weapons. Soon they were starting to organize into recognizable kingdoms. Here, Harold Fairhair enters the scene. We don't know exactly who he was, when or where he exactly was born. We don't even know clearly if he existed, or if he was just some sort of mythological hero invented in the Icelandic sagas to justify the unification of the Scandinavian peninsula under one king. 
he starts his journey when his father dies and he inherits several small states and territories. Starting from 866 AD, he begins a series of successful wars against the other petty kingdoms of the peninsula, conquering them one after another in rapid succession. In 872, after the great victory in Hafsfjord, he finds himself as the sole and supreme ruler of all Norway and declares himself king. It is right after this unification that stronger Viking Age was begun. The Viking Age was a time of significant expansion for the Scandinavian people. They traveled everywhere from England to Sicily, from Ukraine to Greenland. Often they acted as merchants traveling to sell their products elsewhere and open themselves to new markets. However, they were people looking for fresh settlements, immigrants in search of fortune and new homes. The causes of this rapid expansion are not very clear and still debated. Most probably, it was a combination of many factors that ultimately led into the migrations. Significant population growth combined with the harsh climate and inefficient agriculture may have led people to set sail in search of new lands. We also must take account into the increasing strength of the European states during this period, most notably the Holy Roman Empire under Frankish King Charlemagne, who we'll talk about soon. Charlemagne may have started to attire Viking raiders for their wealth. Also, Charlemagne presented a very real threat to the newly found kingdom of Norway. The Norsemen tried to establish a menacing aura of fear, probably in response to the time Charlemagne massacred pagan Saxons in the south of Denmark a few years prior. The increasing power of the Norsemen frightened Europe writers and provoked them to write many thrilling accounts of their cruel and barbaric Vikings. But as we'll see, we investigate the Vikings in further depth. There was a lot more to the story than just violence. Exploring this idea will involve theorizing the real intentions behind the brutal attack in Linsenfarn in 793 AD and what really drove the Vikings to travel across the third of the world in search of riches and settlement. These mysterious tales and the bewildering dynamic of the Viking migrations is the reason why I am so fascinated by Norse history, and I'm sure you'll be too. Unfortunately, we'll have to close it there. Thank you to all my Patreon supporters who made this episode possible, and if you enjoy the podcast and would like to pledge to this cause in return for monthly bonus episodes and early access to new content, please consider heading over to patreon.com slash medievalpodcast. That's all for today, but we'll see you soon for more episodes of Medieval. Thanks for listening.